Hey, what's going on? Pastor Jay here with Portrait Church. Portrait Church exists to give people a renewed picture of Jesus and his church. And in this series, that is our goal. There's many pictures and different caricatures that the world presents that are honestly false images of who Jesus is. And we want to take this series and hear from Jesus himself and what he has to say about who he is. So we hope that this message series leaves you more impressed with Jesus and leaves you with a greater understanding of who he is. If you would like to know more about our church, you can find us online at portrait.church or look us up on social media or find us on Sundays over at the Mitten Building in Redlands. Hope to see you soon. And I hope you enjoyed this message. Well, if you are just now joining us, we are um, almost about done wrapped up with our Renewed Jesus series. And essentially what we are doing here is that we are, we are looking, what, what we're trying to do is, is, is give you a mirror to, to see what scripture has to say about Jesus, to see what Jesus has to say about himself. Because uh, as, as we mentioned in one of the earlier sermons, as many people have a heard it through the grapevine understanding of who Jesus is. And it's much different to actually hear it from him himself. So we've heard things like he is the bread of life. He is the light. He is uh, the great I am. We've heard things like that. Last week, we heard that he is the resurrection and the life. And today, I believe that we... The, what we are going to listen to today is probably one of the most, if not the most controversial thing that Jesus has said in his ministry. These words of Jesus have historically been considered the most controversial, divisive, yet hopeful and provocative words ever spoken. Jesus is making the claim that, uh, that, that, aside from any other religious person, that he is the only way to God. He is making a very bold claim, especially in a context where there is multiple gods that people would actually worship. And I think today, as we consider this, Jesus didn't say that he would show us a way. He didn't say that he was going to show us one of many ways. He said, no, 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 I am the way. I love how, like, Jesus had these very, like, tweetable, drop the mic moments where I just wish I was there. Don't you, like, I just wish I was there. Where everyone's looking at him, he's like, no, 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 no. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. I'm out. It was, I I guess we're going to follow him, right? Like he just, there was something about the gravitas of the statements that Jesus makes. He didn't promise to teach us the truth or a truth. He said, I am the truth. He didn't offer us secrets or or a blueprint per se to a metaphorical good life. He said, no, 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 I am life. Everything about me is good. And so many of you, and you could find yourself in this room wandering through life directionless. You have no idea actually where you're going if you were to really stop and think about your life right now. And I have good news because Jesus says he is the way. Many of you are confused. We live in a world of of what is truth. 
And misinformation is a, is a very popular coin term in society. And many of you don't know what to think. And I have good news for you because Jesus says he is the truth. And several of you, you're empty inside. You have no purpose. Or maybe you think you have purpose in the thing you're putting your hope in, but what happens when that thing is no longer there? And then you're left laying down at night considering what on earth am I here for? Jesus says, I am the life. There's good news for you. In his famous book, In Mere Christianity, C.S. Lewis, he made this statement. He makes this statement about Jesus and he says, a man who was merely a man and said the sort of things Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic on a level with a man who says he is a poached egg or else he would be the devil of hell. You must make your choice. Either this man was and is the son of God or else a madman or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool. You can spit at him or kill him as a demon, or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let us not come with any patronizing nonsense about his being a great human teacher. He has not left that open to us. He did not intend to. What he's famously saying, and, and, and there's been a, 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 a phrase or a, a question that has often come from this and pulled from other people is that you either think Jesus is a liar, a lunatic, or Lord. Those are your options. Either he's a liar, he's a lunatic, or Lord. Jesus, the most written about human figure in all of humanity. Jesus, bestseller book that ain't nobody ever gonna touch. Jesus, the one who has some levels of controversies around him because of the people that represent him. But this Jesus, I would beg of you today to consider his words, to consider what he means when he says that he is the truth, he is the way, and he is the life. Because if some of you are honest, you're trying out church for potentially the last time because you have been around spiritual leaders and people who have displayed a level of character that was lunacy or that was, that was full of lying and you've attributed God's character to how they behaved. And I understand, I get it. You, maybe you had a father, maybe you had someone that was raising you and all of a sudden their poor characteristics you now see as God's. But I, I, I want to encourage you to consider what Jesus says here today, because these very words are, these are going to be the lifeline that I believe that we need to hold on to in a world that is struggling with truth, that is struggling with a way, that is struggling with true, deep, meaningful purpose. These words are going to be a lifeline for some of us here. The backdrop of this text is Jesus is opening here saying, do not let your hearts be troubled. The reason he is saying this is because he just told these disciples that he handpicked who had left their life to follow him, who had been doing all kinds of crazy things. They saw him put mud on people's eyes. They saw him multiply fish and loaves. They were given purpose in their life to follow him. 
And all of a sudden, Jesus says to them, I am going to leave. And some of y'all in here are going to betray me. And so you can imagine, they're all like, oh, man, what's going on? You know, Simon Peter, kind of like the spokesperson of the bunch, he's like, that ain't going to be me. He's like, you're going to do it three times, homie. <laughs> oh, it ain't you. Not one, not two, Peter, three. And you can imagine the anxiety and tension in this moment. Jesus is saying, I'm going to be leaving you guys. They've been following him day and night. Their hearts are troubled. They're anxious. And what Jesus says here in his opening lines is that the antidote to a troubled and anxious heart is to trust him. Listen to what he says. He says, don't let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. You see, that alone for some of you in this room you are dealing with a very troubled and anxious heart. And the one thing that God wants you, to, wants you to know is that he is worthy of your belief. He is worthy of your trust. And here's the thing. Many of you have trust issues and he knows that and he's patient and he's kind and he's waiting for you. He's not trying to coerce you. But many of you need to know that the antidote to your struggle right now could be potentially found solely in the fact of you placing your trust in this Jesus. And so then he's saying that I'm going to go. And then rightfully so, Thomas, he's like, well, where are you going to go? We've been following you. Like, where are you going to go? And then Jesus begins to say, like, or he, he asks him, Lord, we don't know where you're going. So how can we know the way? Like, we've been following you. Let's keep this thing going. We're trending. We got more miracles to do, God. Like, you're trending right now. You're getting, you're getting, why would you stop now? He's like, no, no, no. He says, I'm not going to tell you where to go. I'm going to tell you I'm the way to go. Because what Jesus is doing all throughout the New Testament, all throughout these people, is he's making this claim that he is God. Because then he says, nobody, and I mean nobody, can come to the Father except through me. He is claiming to be both God and the way to the Father. And the only reason that Jesus can make this claim, and we see it all throughout the New Testament, in John 1, he says, I, he says, in the, it says, in the beginning God, and in the beginning was God, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And then it says later on that the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And then you would see him say later on in 17, when he's, he's saying this final prayer, he's saying that the Father and I are one. And constantly, all throughout his ministry, he's telling the disciples, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So I am the only access point that you have to him. Controversial. What, what, are you, what are you saying here, Jesus? Because after all these miracles, they still fail to wrap their minds around the fact that he was God. And so he makes this claim. And the, the reality is, many of us need to understand that we have a natural bent towards wanting to do things our way. Proverbs 14.12 says, There is a way that seems right to a person, but its end is the way to death. I don't know if any of y'all have done this, 
but I have traveled a certain way to a certain uh, place to go pick up my kids. I have done that the same way, the same time. And one day, your boy got a little cocky. No, not cocky, impatient is a better word. Because instead of going the same way as I did every time, I saw a little bit of what perceived to be traffic. I don't know if y'all have ever done this before. You see a little bit of traffic and you're like, oh Lord, I'm not, I can't do this. Let me go ahead and, let me go ahead and explore another route. And then you realize the route that you explored actually took you double the time. Because then what happens, you're driving in the street and then you see the freeway. Why is it moving so fast? Well, it's a freeway. That's what it's supposed to do. But then you realize there was only a stoplight that was giving you the perception of traffic. You see, sometimes many people have a hard time following Jesus because he has a stoplight because he's trying to slow you down so that you would depend on him. But here's the thing. We're so, if we're being honest, we're so impatient, we're so capable and so knowledgeable and we're so dependent on our own understanding that we love to pursue ways that are outside of his. And so we have to understand that what he is saying here is absolutely instrumental for every single one of our lives, friends. Like we live in a world that is constantly trying to get you to evaluate that there's even an objective truth. Constantly. You can turn on the news. You can look at social media. You can go to your kid's school. No one has this great and, and, and understanding that there is an objective truth. There is one who is truth. There was one who defined truth. There was one who has the keys to truth, and his name is Jesus. But the problem is, is that when we begin to take shortcuts, what we communicate to a watching world is that his way is not good enough. His way is actually not the way that I should go. And so Jesus says, and, 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 and part of this is, is very hard because this is where a lot of people get hung up with Christianity. Because they say things like, like Christianity is so exclusive. So exclusive. You mean to tell me there's only one way? What about everybody else? It's so exclusive. Don't you know that God is so loving? Why would he exclude so many people? Like why, like, and people, and, and I know Christians that do this, and, and to be honest, in my old self and ways, where I didn't fully understand the grace of God, I would throw verses around very hostile, like, of like, well, you know, the, the road to life is narrow, and it's so narrow. I always want to talk about narrow and narrow, and I get it. It is narrow. The road to life is narrow, but the invitation to Jesus is wide, fam. It is wide. He's telling us, no, I want you to follow a person. And on this path to follow a person, many of us are going at a different pace. We all ain't, gotta, we, we all ain't running at Usain Bolt like speed, family. We have to understand that what he's getting at here is that there is a way, and he is going to embody that way. And that way is actually, yes, it may be exclusive, but he's given everybody access. So we rented an Airbnb once, and uh, it, it was a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful house. Like one of those Airbnbs where you're like, God, what did I do? You know, I'm just kidding. No, I'm not like that. No, I'm just playing. like, you know, it's, it was nice. And our kids were like, what is this? I'm like, this is two stories. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know. 
But it's, but here's the thing, here's the thing, like, I remember, I remember going to go get groceries and then the Airbnb owners, they give you a code and then try to put in the code and then it, it wasn't working. And then I got the family inside, they're like ready to eat. And I'm like, you know, I'm rushing. I'm like, the code's not working. And then I realized like, oh, Jay, you're, you're, <laughs> you're putting in your pin code. <laughs> you're, you ain't about to withdraw money, fam. Like you're trying to get in the house. And, it, and here's the thing. Many of us with life and with spirituality, we're too busy putting in our codes and then we're mad and God's like, no, 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 I gave you the code, it's my son. But yet we wanna call it so exclusive as if he didn't give us access to the code. That's not exclusive, that's an invitation. But the problem is, and, and many of us have to check our hearts on this, is that we can potentially become the gatekeepers to people experiencing the code. He's a, he said, remember, if you were here with us, one of the things that Jesus said is that he was the gate, not you, not me. Well, what do you, Jay, well, what happens if, if someone comes in and they have all these crazy beliefs and I just got to tell them the truth? Listen, I'm not saying that we are not here to give people like the, the truth. We are here to give people a renewed picture of the truth, but I want people to journey with me on this pursuit of following the person, the way of Jesus, because what I believe is that when they get into his presence, everything will change. Not when they get all of my opinions, not when they get all of what Jay knows and the knowledge and the theology. No, if I could help bring them alongside and push them and not, not push them, but y'all know what I mean. Like, like walk with me into the presence and the path that is called Jesus and keep you so focused there. I believe your life can transform. But here's the thing, here's the thing, there's many churches growing and there's people pointing people on a path to a political party. No, 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 come with me on this path because this is what we gotta do to make America great and survive and blah, blah, blah. No, no, no. We have to be, like, if it's not clear, and, and I, you know, I'm a little passionate, so I apologize. Like, black people, we talk loud sometimes when we're passionate. We're not mad at you. We just love God. And the thing, the, here's the thing, it, like, we are so obsessed with Jesus here. Like this is, like there's only one way. Many of us have experienced so much hardship trying to do life our way. And I'm like, yo, there's only one way and his name is Jesus and he's so much better. He is so much better. He says, I am the way. And again, we live, and then he says, I am the truth. And like I said earlier, in an age of misinformation, we just don't need truth tellers. We need truth livers. Like we are so gullible these days. We'll listen to someone post something 30 seconds about God, but won't even spend five minutes in his presence to see if that's true. We need truth livers in our society. People that are filled with truth and grace. And you know what I love about Jesus? Again, he is holy, which means that he cannot sin. He is holy, which means he cannot sin against you, which means he will always tell the truth. Don't you love that? You know, like if you read through the story of Jesus, he tells people what it's going to cost to follow him. He's like, yo, if they call me the devil, guess what they're going to call you? Oh, y'all going to rejoice in this, but you're also going to rejoice in sufferings. He told people the truth. It's going to, if you don't love me as like more than you love your own family, like this, the, you, you can't be about this life. Someone got it. Thank you. 
But he, he told us exactly the things that he would do. He told us about our sin. He tells us about our deepest aches and desires. He told us that he was going to go to the cross and he actually did it. So much so that he would sit in a garden and be like, God, Father, is this true? Do you actually want me to go this way? Yes, if it's your will and if it's your way. And I said it, so I'll do it. Jesus didn't have a campaign manager. He didn't promise certain things. And then all of a sudden when he became king, he didn't fulfill those promises. Everything Jesus said, he promised and he fulfilled it and he's going to continue to fulfill it. 2024 is going to be a year where I think it's going to be very clear and we want to be a church that is about the kingdom of God, not the kingdom of America. And 2024 is going to, it's, uh, these years are always revealing. These years are always revealing because here's the reality. Jesus is the most truthful leader. Jesus is a promise keeper. Jesus is a way maker. Jesus can say this because he did something no other leader ever did. Is he looked at you and me in the truth and the reality of our sin. And he said, you know what? I love them so much that I love them so much and I love them so much that I can't see them stay that way. I want to see them be reunited to the way of the Father. I want to see them have life and life to the full because the type of life that Jesus is talking about, it's a multidimensional type of life. It's a type of life that is, it's a spiritual life. It's a spiritual life. Ephesians says, that because of his great love for us, God being rich in mercy made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in transgressions, he made us alive. And it is by grace that you and I have been saved if you call yourself a follower of Jesus. This zoe in, in, in the Greek, this spiritual life means that he has made us alive. And this spiritual life is tied to what Jesus calls eternal life, the spiritual eternal life. And this is good news. This is good news because the spiritual life that we seek for is on the other side of intimacy with him. He has given us his word. He has given us his presence. And the life that we could seek now in him is just on the other side of prayer and intimacy and reading his word. But the reality is there's a physical life and component to this. Romans 6, 23 says, for the wages of sin is death. And because of the sin of our first parents, Adam and Eve, now there's no living in, in bodily form forever. We all have an expiration date, sadly. And, and the reality is we do live in a culture, in a cultural moment that is very obsessed with the fear of death. The thing that sells you and it's going to keep you more on those ads is here's the five ways that you can live longer and have a more successful life. And, you know, I just read an article recently where the... Um, Lululemon, the founder, he has a chronic disease. You know how much money he's spending on himself to reverse this disease? A hundred million dollars. He's afraid of death. You mean to tell me you're going to spend a hundred million dollars on something that is inevitable 
as a result of the fall, as a result of sin. But the life, the life, the life, the life that Jesus promises is an eternal life. Listen to what he says to them. My father's house has many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare, prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you may also be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. The beautiful thing about Jesus is although, and Pastor Josh said it so perfectly last week, although we are gonna experience a tomb on this side of heaven, it is only gonna be a womb in which we will be birthed into new life and a new heavenly body where we get to experience an eternity with our heavenly father who loves us. And the problem is that doesn't excite some of you. And the reason it doesn't excite some of you is because the world has a, has a grasp on your heart. The world has a grasp on your desires and attentions. You can look at any celebrity who has it all. I remember being a kid and hearing the news about Robin Williams. And I was like, that was like one of my favorite actors. He was funny, he was laughing, he was a multimillionaire. What didn't he have? Hope, purpose. And so many of, of, of us here today, we have yet to sit in the reality that there's a good father who's preparing a place for you in all of eternity. The li living your best life on this side is not gonna compare to the best life of eternity with him. But we, our hearts have to actually believe that. We have to take inventory on the things that we're putting our hopes in on this side of heaven. Jesus can claim he is the way because it cost him his life, because it cost him a way that nobody else would take. We're about to celebrate Christmas, the coming of a king. Just thinking about the tension that these people must have been feeling, knowing that there is a Messiah coming and, and ruler and king after king, they would continue to fail. It wasn't Moses, it wasn't Daniel, it wasn't David. And Jesus said, no, 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 I, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. And the life I give to you is gonna be because I'm giving my life up voluntarily in your place. In Genesis, when God created everything and he said it was good and there was perfect, perfect harmony, there was perfect peace, Adam and Eve would decide that, God, I don't know if you're actually good. They would be deceived by a serpent and they would actually begin to think that God was holding out on them. And it would lead to sin entering into the world, causing the chaos and the death and the, the devastation that we still see the repercussions of today. And in Genesis 3, it says, so the Lord banished them from the garden of Eden to work the ground from which they had been taken. After he drove the man out, he placed on the east side of the garden of Eden a cherubim and a flaming sword flashing back and forth to guard the way of the tree of life. The cherubim was to protect the presence of, of our father. 
And then you would see it all throughout the Old Testament. There would be this thing called the Ark of the Covenant that only some of the high priests could go in and experience the presence of God. And there would be this dividing wall between humanity and God as a result of sin. But Jesus, Jesus would take on the flaming sword of death. Jesus would enter through the only way that could he that, that was poss- that could possibly go in order to save all of humanity. It was Jesus who decided that you were worth rescuing. It was Jesus that decided that your life has incredible amounts of purpose, whether you believe that or not right now. It was Jesus who says, even though you may be an empty nester right now, he has so much purpose for your life. It is Jesus who says, even though you're a college student, you're trying to figure out your future, you're trying to figure out all these things, he says, I got a plan for you. I have a purpose for you. It is Jesus for those that are experiencing loss and hardship or divorce or death, who says, no, trust me, I have a place. I got a mansion. I'm giving you the code. It's gonna work. Believe in me. Because there's gonna be all of eternity, a paradise that we get to experience together. In the last generations, the only way to God was through Jesus. In this generation, the only way to to God is through Jesus. For our kids' generation, the only way to God is through Jesus. We wanna be so in love and compelled and in awe of Jesus because he truly is the only way. Because he truly did the only thing that nobody else could do. And so as we consider how to practice out this reality, the question that I want you to consider is do you have a life that others long for? Do you live a life that others see what way are they going in life? How do they have such purpose? How do they have such peace? You see, most often when we hear a question like that, a life that others long for, sometimes we immediately begin to think of the material. Well, you know, I, I don't, I rent a house and I got a beat up car and I don't really like my job. And like, what can I have to offer people? I think Bernard said it so well. You have your life. You have your ordinary day-to-day interactions with the people that you come in contact with. The people God has placed in your sphere of influence. To look at you and say, oh my gosh, I long for a type of peace that this person has. I long to treat my kids the way that they treat their kids with such patience and grace. I long to, 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 to be someone who, is so, who, who feels so complete in their singleness. They don't, they're not longing for a relationship. They're so content because they know that the one relationship they need is with God and not found in a marriage. They're lo- a world longing for goodness, longing for joy. And I think we have an opportunity to sit in that reality knowing that there is a God who became human flesh and went a way that nobody else went because he saw you worthy. He saw you full of purpose. I love, and we'll end here, where Paul in the book of Acts in chapter four, 
there's Peter's talking and he's going back to the very people that persecuted Jesus, very people. And he says, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified and whom God raised from the dead, by him, this man is standing here before you healthy. This Jesus is the stone rejected by you builders, which has become the cornerstone. There is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given by people which we must be saved. When they observed the boldness of Peter and John and realized that they were uneducated, untrained men, they were amazed and recognized that they had been with Jesus the same ones who were sitting in fear and trembling and denied him three times saw something on that third day. They, he went away that no one else could. He's got the keys to death. Death will not have its final say. All of us in here are ordinary, uneducated, ain't nothing, I'm sorry, ain't nothing special about us. The special thing about us is that we can proclaim a God that a world desperately needs. So today, would you know in your, in, in your ordinary life, what people say when they look at us, they've been with Jesus. And if you want that life, if you want that way, we would love to be a church that would explore that with you. At the pace in which God wants to take you, not hurried, but a pace in which you can understand what his way truly is and the truth of what it's going to cost. So Heavenly Father, we thank you for being a God who did not take the easy way, but took the only way so that we may have life.